welcome to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans with four season card holders at Ashton Gate who love the club, the game and all things Bears. It was a reality check at Welford Road as the Bears came back down to earth after the tri-fests of previous weeks. We discussed the performance and some of the key turning points in the game. We also look ahead to Friday's Challenge Cup game against Claremont at the gate and assess the Bears' chances against their French opponents. All this and more on this week's show. I'm Tony and I'm joined by Lee for a cheeky beer and some rugby banter. Well, Lee, back at your place. Thanks very much for hosting. But uh, it's, a, it's a bit of a duo tonight because uh, our, our half the pod are, uh, are away. They are. I, I mean, I don't know. I've heard varying stories of where they are. And, you know, uh, do we believe the train spotting story? Because I, I thought that was the most believable I've heard so far on social media. Well, I think I can reveal to our listeners that, uh, in fact, both of them are skiing this week with their family. Now, I think... Um, Miles uh, with the Duchess, of, of course, is probably somewhere like Cloisters with the uh, the aristocrats from uh, across <laughs> Europe. Um, Pete, God knows. No. I think, yeah, is he, some is, snowy mountain somewhere where I, it's a bit cheaper. He's got up Ashton Court again, has he, or Churchill? Yeah, well, he, of course, he's trying out his new knee. So, uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, it will be interesting to see. You know, it's a brave move. Now, I know he's not been one to mention his knee before on the podcast. He hasn't, no. Very but, modest. But, but now he's got it fixed to, what, a month later to be throwing himself down the slopes. Yeah, well, let's hope he comes back in one piece. But, um, I mean, it is lovely, actually, because this feels really... Nice and intimate tonight, doesn't it? Just me and you. And I remember the last time it was it was quite intimate. And I was I was with Pete, obviously, when yeah. you know, Miles were away. And uh, and it's in those type of intimate moments you realise how much how filthy the rig really is. You know what I mean? And uh, so hopefully, well, this will be nice and clear for us tonight, and no peanuts involved. Well, yeah, you, you hope that, that, you know, the intellectual level will, will be a step up. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I, know, I mean, you, you mentioned the peanuts there. Of course, uh, I think we've got an apology for, for some of our regular listeners that uh, maybe found it a little bit distracting, uh, the, um, the noise of peanuts and crisps being munched after the, the, the last uh, podcast, straight after the Harlequins game. And we should say, I mean... I know they're not there to here to defend themselves, but it was generally Miles and, and Pete Absolutely. snaffling the yeah. peanuts up, weren't they? Well, noshing, I would yes. say. Yes. Well, there was a little bit of noshing as well in Miles' case. <laughs> let's stick to the peanuts team. <laughs> and let's get to the rugby. Let's get to the rugby. Okay, then. Well, we'd had those two amazing uh, home victories, um, scoring, what was it, over 113 or 110 points at home we always knew it was going to be a tough trip to Welford Road it's not yeah. an easy place to go and uh, although Leicester had a bit of a, a, a wobble mid-season I think they'd been on a four match winning streak as well um, what were your thoughts when you saw the team sheet for, for the game? Yeah I, I was it was weird because I actually felt bizarrely confident and I, and I don't know if it was just because of the last two performances going into this game. And we know Welford Road is, is a tough place to go. You know, not very few teams go up there and win. But when I looked at the team sheet and I thought, you know, we can win this game. And I thought it would be a narrow victory, but I did feel confident going into this. And then obviously we had, you know, the last minute changes, didn't we, with Joycey coming out. Mm-hmm. Bradbury had to, you know, to drop back into the second row. 
And then I kind of thought that was a little bit disruptive. Um, but then Dan Thomas coming in then at the start of the, the game for Sam Lewis. Oh my God, Sam Lewis. I mean, I don't think I've, I can remember a more injury prone yeah. player because I, I don't think he's finished 80 minutes for this club and, and most of the time he's been on he's had to come off with an injury yeah and you've got to feel sorry for him because I mean it's you know you don't want any player to be suffering like that but I mean in my honest opinion Dan Thomas for me starts over Sam Lewis all day long and, and you know Dan Thomas is the best seven we've got and I think we'd all agree if Miles and Pete were here they, they'd agree as well mm-hmm. Is the best seven we got in the club, the the out and out seven, and you know I just feel like Lamb needs to be starting with Dan Thomas anyway, you know, and you have to you have to question, you have to worry about the minutes that we're going to get from from Lewis, yeah. uh, you know, because like you say, his career's been blighted by injury, hasn't it, for a while now, and you know, as unlucky as it is for the guy, for me, Dan Thomas starts mm. every week. Yeah, no, absolutely. And what were your thoughts when um, you saw that uh, Ginge was on the bench? Yeah, I, I thought that was a reasonable call because, I, I mean, you know, the front three have been fantastic in the last two games. And it's, you know, they were all fit, weren't they? Ready to start. And I I've, I would have felt kind of it was a little bit disrespectful if, you know, Genge, as great as a player as he is, would have stepped in for one, you know, for, for, for one of those guys and... I just felt the front three deserved to to start again. And to be fair, they still all played well, didn't they? Did a great job, didn't yeah. they? Yeah, absolutely. Because the one thing you know when you go to Leicester, it's going to be a big gnarly pack that like to, to get physical. And uh, yeah, I think scrum time, you know, I think it's been quite remarkable actually how we've steadied this scrum over yeah. the last couple of months, really. There's there's clearly been a lot of work gone into to the scrummaging. Um, so... We didn't have to wait too long, did we, to um, for our, our little uh, our little revenue stream to uh, give us another uh, another another bit of cash flow. Yeah, good old Harry Fax. Um, I mean, it was a bit scrappy, wasn't it? Initially, we have to admit. Can I just ask what odds you got on him this week? Yeah, seventeen to two. All oh, right, I was eleven to one. Oh, eleven. Yeah. How late did you leave that, or did you go early? Well, that was quite late, actually. Was it? Yeah, yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. Bloody hell. Well, yeah. well done to him. Yeah, thank I you. I was happy with my forty-seven pound fifty anyway. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, it was it was it was scrappy initially. He was in the midfield, wasn't it? And then it was a nice little break from AJ McGinty out the back of the end, yeah. wasn't it? And um, obviously a little bounce then, and then um, pick up by James Williams, Jimmy, 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 Jimmy boy. And did you see the haircut? He's, oh, he's taking his locks right down. He, isn't he? he was he was looking sharp, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Um, and then a nice little powerful run. And then, um, and obviously none other than than our boy Fax on the end of it, and and he loves scoring against Leicester as well. Yeah, yeah. He? So he probably had family in the crowd, and you know, what I mean, it's just it's not the first time he's he's gone over there and uh, and scored against Leicester up at Welford Road. So, yeah, it was money in the bank for us, but more importantly, we were seven points up. Absolutely, and I think that confidence from the previous two games was starting to flow. You could see, you know, they 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 were playing. They wanted to to get the ball out um, and uh, uh, move it around a little bit. And then, of course, they they strike back um, a bit too easy. Yeah. That Youngs try. Yeah, I think it was. And I, Pete must have been watching this. Like, obviously, his uh, his favourite player is Ben Youngs. To all you know, to the listeners that that know. Yeah. Um, 
and it, it was really disappointing. He just spotted that gap, didn't he, between Jan Thomas and Bradbury. And and to be fair, he he got into the gap and, and he was away, wasn't he? And it was it was kind of you know, it's frustrating because we're in like you say, we're in the ascendancy and then, you know, to give away a try that simply really was was so disappointing. And, you know, well for Red, you've got to stay on them all the time, haven't you? And, you know, it was well taken by Young, so full credit to him. But yeah. I thought we could have we could have done a little bit better. Yeah, yeah. And and you knew from the very start that with this game, we were going to have to take our chances. You know, we were going to have to, there was going to have to be discipline and take our chances. Neither quite worked out in the end, but um, I mean... Well, that's we, what we didn't do with Lloyd, wasn't it? Well, 23 yeah. minutes. We should have struck back quite quickly. Uh, ball comes out to Iron Lloyd. I thought initially he'd scored, he'd done well, yeah. but actually when you saw the replay, and he, his foot wasn't even close to no. not being over the line. And I, no. I just a little, I suppose for someone of that quality, the fact that he stepped out, clearly stepped out of touch before yeah. diving for the line, yeah. I was a bit disappointed. Yeah, it, I mean, it's, it's hard to be ultra critical of a young lad, but... Lloyd is is one of our you know greatest talents, isn't he? Young talents, and he's a finisher. And as 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 difficult as that chance was, it was a chance that mm. should have been taken. And again, then it was that was twenty three minutes on the clock, and we could have been you know it, well fourteen seven up, twelve seven up at it, you know at the yeah. very least. Yeah. And then the momentum's back with us again. And we've said it before, haven't we? It's those fine margins mm. that make all the difference when you're playing at the top of the table. Yeah, because you've got to put pressure on the opponents, haven't you? You've got to try and put some pressure on so they make mistakes. And I think there was, a, not not long after that, there was a passage of play. I think the ball was popped to Fitzhardin, wasn't he? With the yeah. the line uh, almost uh, begging and a uh, little fumble there. And, you know, don't get me wrong, I think Fitz Harden's a, a phenomenal player. And, um, yeah. you know, I think we can we, we, we can give him that one. But coming so quickly after the Lloyd, you know, disallowed try, again, it's all about momentum, isn't it? That really could have given us the momentum. And it is. It's, it's those fine margins. You take those two chances and then all of a sudden, you're, you, you know, you're a couple of, you know, converted tries clear potentially. Mm. And, and it's on those margins that then, you know, it's, it's the whole emphasis changes because then your team, you, you can relax then and you're not so pressured, you know, you can you can almost make those decisions a bit more clear-mindedly. Mm. And it's, you know, without being ultra-critical, it is those fine margins where we could have been clear. Yeah, yeah. And that you have to take if you are going to beat Leicester. Yeah. I mean, I think there was a Pollard penalty then to make it 10-7. Um and then I think it was about half hour mark, wasn't it? Um, there was a penalty line out. I think we were we we were um, there was a penalty given given against us, so they were playing the advantage. And then um, was it Vicky Pollard? Um, yeah, great crossfield <laughs> kick to uh, to Anthony Watson. Was it? Oh yeah, of course it was. Yeah, that's right. And to to be fair, I did think that was class because oh, absolutely. It, it's the kind of move that we haven't seen from a Bears player very often, and I, and I just thought it, it kind of just 
It, we're, t- we're just talking about taking chances then. And that was a chance that wasn't necessarily, didn't look like it was on. Yeah. But it's just having that vision that Pollard had. Yeah. Just to float it out wide. And obviously, as soon as Watson's got the ball, you're not going to stop him. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you know, Tigers are in the ascendancy. We're com- coming up to half time at that point, aren't we? Yeah. And and all of a sudden, we're, you know, we're going in at half time down. Yeah, and I mean, Pollard, really, I'm, I'm sure we'll talk about it when we talk about the second half, but I mean, that really, what he did show his quality, didn't he, in that game? It was, a, he was a, fantastic. an outstanding performance. Um, but uh, scoring wasn't quite finished. We got the penalty under the post, and I think very sensibly took the three points. So, yeah, uh, yeah. Half-time, 15-10, and when you think of the chances that we'd had, you know, the game was still very much open. Um, and, you know, you thought it was going to be a tight battle in the second half. And I suppose you can look, I, I, I've i picked out two real turning points and I'm giving Yai and Lloyd the benefit of the doubt. I'm not talking about uh, the try that, uh, that, that he didn't get, but straight, you know, up two minutes into the second half, Bradbury, you know, we think he scored... Yeah. Um, and it's not given. Now, I don't know, my initial reaction was, or I don't know whether that's going to be given. When I saw the replay in slow motion, yeah. you know, Watson, you know, had he got contact and he completed the tackle? Didn't look like it to me. Or if it is, it was the very, very finest of margins. Yeah, and... I've watched this back today three or four times and, you know, coincidentally, there was a, a, an incident, a very similar incident in the bath game today with Cock and the Singer. And uh, I, I just feel like it, it, Watson, for me, has never made that tackle. The, the, the guy's, like, Bradbury's not down and he's not got the com- tackle completed. Yeah. And I feel that, you know, and it's not with my bear's hat on. I think I, if it was any game, I would look at it the same, you know, same value and I just feel then that again that we're talking right at the start of the second half yeah Bradbury goes over there and all of a sudden we've got a game on mm-hmm. you know and we're, we're back to parity again or we're in front yeah and you know we've got a second half to look forward to at Welford Road haven't we yeah and I suppose you know and and in the heat of the moment you know I'm not I'm not criticising Bradbury at all but you know I suppose he could have released the ball yeah, got, picked it up and just dived over. But you know, he 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 probably thought tackle's not being completed, so oh, I can just make that move. And I'm pretty sure that's exactly what he was thinking as well. Yeah, yeah. Well, fortunately, we didn't have to wait too long. Um, I think another five minutes. It was the Ibatoye try. Um, great charge down by oh. Luatua. Brilliant, wasn't it? And I on the telly, I kind of didn't couldn't work out where the ball had gone. <laughs> and then then our man Jimmy Williams again. Yeah, I mean it was it was one of those, wasn't it? Because when it hit, when Luatua charged it down, I was looking around because I was almost thinking the ball was going to go like in front of where Luatua was. Yeah, but it went absolutely miles out wide, wasn't it? It was a brilliant pass, yeah. let alone the charge down. And then Williams was there, and what I loved about this is that Williams had taken it on, and then he had the foresight to kick it on. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that was the key moment of that, and. Um, you know, as as we were saying, you know, um, it went on to Randall, didn't it? From from there, and then Ibatoya, yeah, finishes it off, and and it was, it was Bears, 
it was classic play from Bears, you know, and yeah. right that just that kind of immediacy to charge the kick down from Luatua as well. And at that point then, I'm thinking, this is game on. We are we are right in the mix. Uh, uh, absolutely. And I you know, then you're thinking, right, all you need to do is deal with the kickoff and don't do anything stupid. Mm-hmm. And then I think we come to the other turning point yeah. for me in the game. And that's Ewan Lloyd's reckless, really, charge into Mike Brown. Yeah. I've seen one or two people say he, was, he wasn't he was sighted, but I don't know. What, what were your thoughts on that? No, I, I, I looked at it clearly and I just thought it was reckless. Mm. It was reckless at best. And... <sighs> And it was it was needless, and it was it was completely naive. And and I think Lloyd would admit this morning, mm. if, if he if he looked at it again, he would say like it, it was it was stupidity. Mm. And the annoying thing for me is, and I'm not just I'm not blaming Lloyd specifically for what happened after that moment, mm. but as you've just said, we've just scored a try, we're back in the game, and we've given away points again because what did Leicester do they kicked the ball straight up didn't they yeah then they got the line out and they went on to score and it's it's those fine margins and those you know these errors and they're not exclusive to to Lloyd because we've had loads of players recently making Mm. individual mistakes but you just feel that that was so needless if you look at it back Lloyd's looking at it the player uh, you can see yeah. full well what yeah. he's doing yeah. and I, I was amazed actually that a few of our listeners actually turned around and said that he was unsighted because no. for me it was clear as day yeah yeah. I just don't know what he was thinking if he was thinking at all because no. like you say they, they go and score then um, drive into into the corner make it 22-17 Again, momentum swings then. Yeah. They get back down the pitch, don't they? And five minutes later, they're un- we're under pressure. The penalties are mounting. And I mean, I think, what was it in the end? 16-3, the 16 penalty 16-3, yeah. You know, you're and, not going to go to Leicester and win games by that kind of discipline. No, and even, like, even... I mean, Carly didn't have his greatest day at, at, at the office, but there's no way, shape or form we're going to be blaming the ref for that because mm. that penalty... Came, even including Carly adding a few on was still way and above what it should have been yeah. um, and and it was and the momentum did change then because obviously with our inability to be able to play the referee as well mm-hmm. it just it, it just seems like every time we've got an issue with the ref we always come out worse yeah. and you know someone at some point needs to get in there and start talking properly to the referee and getting these decisions turned over and but at that point, Lua two is, you know, off for a yellow card and what are we twenty nine seventeen down at that well, stage, aren't we? Well that's it. Well they they'd score almost immediately after that. Again, kick to the corner, drive, yeah. score, you know, you can't afford to give Leicester that kind of possession in that part of the field. Um, and, and it was so frustrating because after that Ibatoye try, I really thought if we could have held them out for 10 minutes, yeah. it would have really put some pressure on them. Yeah. Instead, we're down to 14. We've conceded two tries. Um, you know, and then and then, and then then Pollard steps up again, didn't he? Oh, that beautiful little chip. 
I mean, yeah. A bit of salt and vinegar, that would have been the perfect chip. It would have been, wouldn't it? I mean, just again, you look at it and you have to, even when you're an opposition supporter, you have to look at that and go, oh my goodness, that's... Filth. It was, it was complete filth. And it's one of those you, you have to stand up and just applaud because... There was nothing on at all, was there? And then that little chip over the top. And then to just nonchalantly just, you know, mm. run through and pick it up and, and score between the posts. And all of a sudden now with 36-17 and the game is absolutely gone, hasn't it? Well, you, you thought that, but then it was great to see that, that, that kind of fighting spirit. And I think, you know, we, we've been a little bit critical of Yair and Lloyd. But for for Randall's try, I mean, it was yeah. we worked the ball wide. All right, I think he was up against the number eight, who he showed, showed a clean pair of heels. But I thought the timing of his pass inside to Randall was yeah. absolute perfect perfection. And I think sometimes some of our backs this this season have been guilty about playing a little bit too early. Yeah, but he absolutely committed the man. Randall still had a lot to do. And Freddie Super Stewart, England's star fullback, well, he was treading treacle, wouldn't he? He was. I mean, Randall gave yeah. him a little shimmy and he, he didn't even put it, a finger on him. He, was, he, was, he looked a bit like, uh, what's his name? Johnny May, wasn't it? When Luke Morhan turned him over, uh, he was just stuck there on the turf, wasn't he? And yeah. it's a brilliant little uh, dummy from, you know, sidestep from Randall. And then as soon as he's got that space, you're thinking like, brilliant. And then we did have a spell then. I thought, you know, even, even the commentators were saying like, is it possible? Can Bristol get back into this? But yeah. unfortunately it didn't last that long, didn't it? No, when you were thinking at 36-24, I was thinking, are we going to win this game? Probably not. Can we get another try that would get us within the seven points yeah. and also give us the, the bonus. Try, try bonus? Yeah. And I think that was on. And actually, if we'd come away with that performance with two points from Welford Road, I'd have been quite quite happy with that. Absolutely, yeah. But uh, wasn't to be. Um, Pollard, I think, another penalty uh, on 71 minutes to make it 39-24. And then, uh, well, then I think the, the, the new front row, I mean, we were very... Um, generous with uh, you know the starting front row who did a really good job but Kloska Davis and and, and Genge really you know they got mm. destroyed a little bit in that yeah. last 10 minutes in the scrum and they certainly got to Genge he they, they oh, definitely yeah. wound him up didn't they yeah and um, you know you've got to bear in mind though Tigers I mean their bench I mean they, they were able to bring on players like Dan Cole weren't they Claire um, Tommy Reffle Portfleet, you know what I mean? That's stewards, obviously. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it was one of those, I kind of felt we needed to be points in front before yeah. these guys came on for Tigers. But um, yeah, they, they certainly did wind Genji up. And I, I, I did notice there were some comments on Twitter last night, which were basically like just saying uh, from, from Genji, it was, you know, it was good to be back at Welford Road. And I think it was a, a bit of a love-in then, but I think certainly on the pitch, yeah, it did get a little bit tasty, didn't it? Get, get a little bit tasty, and Genji was kind of involved with most of it. But, yeah. Uh, yeah, then there was a penalty, wasn't there, on uh, 80 minutes, uh, tap and go, and uh, finish 46-24, which, you know, I don't think you look at our performance... You know, potentially a try that should have been allowed. Another, 
try we didn't score just because you know a foot in touch um actually on another day we 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 could have won that game yeah yeah absolutely and if we the discipline had been better and we'd taken our chances you know we 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 could have been the match for Leicester but that for me is the frustrating thing yeah it's it's just so frustrating when how many games have we had this season where we could have won? Hmm. And it, again, it's ill discipline and individual errors. The penalty counts too high. And, you know, these games are, we talk about margins, fine margins. These hmm. are the games that the top teams win because hmm. they don't make those mistakes. Yeah. And, and ultimately, that was another one that's, that's gone by the wayside that we could have won. And, this for me was massive. This game because oh, absolutely! You know, we were looking up at the table then, yeah. and you know, and now obviously I think we're going to have to settle for, well, for somewhere in the hopefully in the top six. But you know, I just thought we could have, we could have just narrowed that gap. It's probably me being a bit too optimistic, but well, well, no, I think I think if we could have won our final four games, and I know that's a big if. You know, there was a there was a chance that we could have we could have pinched fourth place. Yeah. But to be honest, now I think it's all about just making sure we finish in the top eight. Yeah. Um, which you know still isn't going to be easy when you've got Sale, Exeter, and Gloucester. Um, mm. And I know Gloucester and Exeter aren't playing particularly well. Both lost this weekend. Yeah. Uh, but Exeter are a wounded beast, and, and Gloucester aren't going to go down on the last day of the season uh, in, not for the Rifles over, Cup are they? are they they're not going to roll no. over plus they'll probably be fighting to try and get 8th place as well yeah I, I know it's just uh, you know I, I just had this little vision we could have been the team that, that came in on the crest of a wave you know what I mean yeah. with all the momentum behind us Yeah, and we've seen it done before obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely against us with, uh, with Quinns and I just kind of thought we could be that team mm. but you know it is what it is and you know where we are where we are and where we deserve to be ultimately aren't we we are but you know although i think you know the 46 uh 24 score line flattered them a little bit yeah i did feel you know it was a game you know we we were competitive in and uh you know some of those games mid season where we just looked a shambles at times yeah didn't didn't feel at that time no, I, I, I agree, and I, and I think ultimately as well, we didn't play badly, did we? I just think that that Tiger has played better. You look at the individual kind of stats uh, from the player performances, and I think you know we, we just got beaten by the better team, but the clinical team, the clinical team, absolutely, yeah. that's it. And they didn't make the mistakes that we did, mm. and they went on to win the game, and and ultimately. That's what it's all about, isn't it? Well, when you only concede three penalties in the whole game, which is amazing, by the uh, way, yeah, really. Yeah, yeah, you know, absolutely. Well, let's let's have a look at some of those performances then. Um, in the in the pack, um, I mean, I'll just start with that front row of of, of Thomas Thacker and Lahith. Again, I think all credit to them. Yeah. You know, all credit to them. They more than held their own, um, uh, you know, going forward, defensively, scrummaging. Of course, Thacker was Thacker at his best for that try. Um, I I thought that was uh, another quality performance. And I so hope that we see those three 
signed up in Bears colours oh, next season. Absolutely, we need all three of those. Yeah, all yeah. three of them. And and I agree. And I just you know hopefully Max the Heath's head injury would you know would it would be okay for for next week. But it's nice to see Lahif getting game time, isn't it? And mm. a run of games. He's again. He, he's another player that's, that's had a lot of injuries throughout his career. And mm. you just see now when he's playing constantly, you can just see what you're getting from him. Yeah, I thought the front three were brilliant. Uh, absolutely. What What about the uh, the second row and the uh, the, the flankers and number eight? Yeah, I, I mean, I thought, I thought. Vui didn't do anything wrong. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it was his best game either. I thought he was somewhere in the middle. Mm-hmm. I thought Bradbury actually, considering it, I mean, it was literally a last second change to yeah, step yeah. into, you know, to the second row. I thought he played really well and really unlucky with the try. Mm-hmm. And again, as we said, that could have changed things. So I think Bradbury has been, for me, one of the standout players, the signings that we've had this season. Yeah. It, you know, what, what he gives us going forward is... Is massive. Are you a little bit surprised Scotland just don't seem, yeah. seem interested in him at the moment? Massively surprised, but also pleased from a yeah, player's point no, of view. So, yeah, yeah they, I mean, they can overlook him as, as long yeah. as they like, really. Yeah. yeah. You know, from a personal point of view. Um, obviously, Lua Tua, again, none of these guys play badly. I just think their, their counterparts played better. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sam Lewis again unlucky with the injury as we've said but I thought Dan Thomas was brilliant mm. one of the best players for us on the pitch mm. and you know we, we've talked about this privately haven't we about Dan Thomas why he doesn't you know why he's not starting for us and I just can't help feeling that something's gone on with Pat at some point you know over the last few months Yeah, and I just feel that he's not He's not a player who's going to get game time from Pat unless there's an injury. And and I just feel that's absolutely ridiculous because for me, he needs to start every week. Well, he's the one that really jackals, doesn't he? Can, yeah. can turn over. But, you know, we've often seen when, once you're out of Pat's plans, yeah. if, if it's been a disagreement or whether you're just moving on, Actually, unless there's a bad injury situation, then you you uh, you aren't there. And of course, he had that mid-season loan, didn't he, for to Scarlets for a couple of weeks, which yeah. everyone was going. Yeah, what's why? going on there? Why? Yeah. Uh, but I'm I agree not- with you. You know, Thomas behind Sam Lewis. Not not in my books. No, I don't think in most people's books. And didn't he play well? The fact that he would have just been one of the spare spare bears. Yeah, just having a little run along the pitch and, uh, you know, just one of the travelling contingent to, to come on then and uh, to watch some, the some, 75 minutes. Yeah, and it, it, I just can't help thinking that I, I think that that move to Scarlet might be a, something that happens permanently at the end of the season. I, I, just, have a, mm. I just have a feeling about it. I, I, I can't... I don't think he's in Pat's plans. And yeah. I, as you say, I think if you're not in Pat's plans... It's a pretty quick road out, really. Yeah, and of course um, he's he's got the farm over there, isn't it? The yeah. family farm. He does does like a a cow, doesn't he? Like 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 some. He's tipping of, over a couple of sheep and, yeah. and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so but it'd be a sad, sad day because I have so enjoyed seeing uh, him play, and yeah, fingers crossed that we might still see him next season. Yeah, I'm, I, I hope I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm so, wrong. so do I. Um, and I, I, again, I thought Harden did nothing wrong, you know. Fair, fairly kind of industrious going forward and 
you know, again, because, you know, we have to remember he had to switch as well. And I know we were only talking, you know, minor positions, but actually it's a, it's a, on the rugby field is a massive decision now, right at the last minute. So yeah. I thought Fitzharden was, was okay. Um, yeah. Plus as well, you would have, you would have mentally prepared to yeah. think, right, I know the opponent on the, yeah. as, as a flanker, I know who my opposite number is, who I'm going to play against. Then all of a sudden you're in a different position, mm. and uh, you know your, your your thought process has changed. Absolutely, no, you know I know these guys are professionals and can cope with that. But you know, it's you like s- that little one or two percent that gives the yeah. opposition the advantage. And you see it in boxing, don't you? You know, you, you you're scheduled to fight an opponent, and you mm. could be a world champion, and all of a sudden that opponent's dropped out at the last minute, and you're fighting. Who everyone perceives as a nobody, yeah, and all of a sudden, like you, you, you get upset from that. So it, it, that does happen, you yeah. know. And well, it's like Rocky, wasn't it? Rocky won. That was nearly a big ups- upset. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Apollo, because actually, yeah. Miles was going to step in, wasn't he? He was, he was actually next on the bench. Yeah, but that was yeah. fl- fluffy weight, wasn't it? <laughs> the, the the weight. Um, okay, uh, and then the backs um, again. Harry Randall's in a, a very rich. Vein of form, isn't he? And uh, although, though, I suppose Randall and McGinty, what it wasn't quite the performances that we've seen in the last couple of home games. They certainly do look a good nine and ten pairing that are really starting to understand each other and yeah. play some nice stuff. I think if they're fit, they they start, don't they? Yeah, you know, it's end of story for me. And I think McGinty seems to have found his kicking boots a bit more now. Yeah, he, uh, mid-season again, he was shanking a few, wasn't he? And not really connecting, but... Uh, but I feel that comes down to game time again. It's, it's just, you know, it, I, I think Pat got caught in two minds with, with Sheeds. Mm. They almost like he wanted to stick with the guy who's got us there that far mm. to begin with, which is, uh, you know, admirable and I think fair enough. But then McGinty was always the, the guy that's, you know, he's come in, he's the newcomer and... Mm. But I just I just feel personally it gives you more options on the pitch than Cheedy will. Yeah. Different options on the pitch. Yeah. And that, and I just I kind of feel now that McGinty's he's claimed that, oh, that number ten spot now and, yeah. and I, I feel that we just give him the game time and mm. and let him, you know, naturally grow into his into his role, it, it, it bears. It, yeah, I, d- I don't think you can chop and change now. And I think that's the same with Euron uh, and, and Randall. You know, yeah. I think we've got the established nine and ten now, and 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 that's it. You don't yeah. need to rotate. You don't need to try and keep everyone happy. We, you know, we we we've got that established. Yeah. Um, Jimmy Williams, I mean, set up a couple of tries again. Industrious. Semi. I I don't think we seem to have gone a bit back into the just battering ram. Semi, yeah. it wasn't you know some of those arcing runs and and causing a bit more chaos. It, a bit of a quiet game, I thought. It, it, I've actually got down here largely quiet in my notes, yeah. but there was one opportunity that I remember in particular where Semi could have just put the afterburners on and gone gone round the man, and he didn't. Then he just mm. took the contact, and I and I just felt like you know as great as that has been. And I'm not blaming Semi for this, man, because I, f- yeah. I think the tactics have, have dictated that's how we use him uh, in a lot of games this season. But I, I just feel there's so much more to to him that we could exploit. Um, and on this occasion, again, we didn't. So unfortunately, you know, it was it was just an average performance, I think, from from Semi. Yeah. And, and the two wingers? 
Yeah, I, I mean, despite the mistakes, I think we should credit Johan uh, Lloyd because it was a fantastic break on the outside, you know, for for Randall's try. And, you know, like you say, he did make the mistakes, but I thought actually overall he played quite well. Um, again, I'm, I'm, you know, he stepped in for a Siva, didn't he? Mm. Which, you know, I, I still don't think, you know, possibly it's his natural position to play him in. Um, and, I, and again, I thought Ibatoi, he took chances uh, and he scored a great try. I just feel we've got like, especially in Ibatoi, I think we've got a weapon there that if we just use these guys right, but everything's got to work mm. to get these guys in the position to do what they do best. Well, you've got to give them plenty of ball as well out wide to, yeah. you know, give the, get them into the game and also put a bit of the fear of God into their, you know, opposite numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, I don't and, think we're doing that enough quite yet, are we? No, no. And uh, and I thought Piotel played uh, played pretty well. Good, un- yeah. good under the, the the high ball for the vast for the majority part, of times. Yeah. Um, some nice breaks and uh, immaculate hair as ever. As always. Yeah. Brill cream me up. Yeah. Um, and I mean, without dwelling on it, I did think, um, and you know, it's nice to see Fred Davis and Kloska getting a bit of game time, but we certainly struggled in that scrum. But as you say, when you bring in 100 international Dan Coles, yeah. You know, maybe it's a bit harsh to uh, to to look too much at that performance. And also, uh, when they're 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 in the ascendancy at that point yeah. by then, anyway. So, yeah. Well, let's uh, before we move on, look at some of the other results. Um, Newcastle getting a narrow win against Gloucester on Friday night. Newcastle seventeen, Gloucester twelve. Um, good result for us keeping Gloucester below us mm-hmm. um, and then uh, Saracens 36 Quinns 24 again you know I think Quinns got the the try bonus point but didn't that doesn't bring them above us in the in the league Irish 37 Saints 22 our London Irish that team that are going to do a Quinns from two or three years ago some good rugby aren't they come from nowhere and uh, quietly get into that top four and and do some damage and then uh, our dear friends from down the road and it's not often I will have a smile on my face to see uh, a Bath victory but their 36-19 win over Exeter has uh, has kept Exeter uh, in 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 touching distance as well. So they yeah. picked up nothing at the 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 recreation ground, not even a pint or a pasty yeah. to take back down the uh, down the M5. I, I have to admit, I did watch some of that game this afternoon, and I thought um, Bath played really well. I was uh, well, I was pleasantly uh, pleased for obviously some of our mates who do support Bath. Um, so you know they managed to to get that one over the line and yeah it was a great performance and I think Chiefs are struggling aren't they Baxter's mm. he's really I mean the amount of players Chiefs have lost yeah. you know and are losing as and, well and that, are still losing yeah that, that aren't committed to the club, club for next season yeah yeah. I mean, Baxter's got a hell of a job there to turn that around I think that's that's a big rebuild isn't it yeah okay uh, you're listening to Bears Beyond the Gate, a Bristol Bears podcast made by fans for fans. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, Buzzsprout, and many more platforms. 
You can contact us with your comments and ideas by email at bearsbeyondthegate at gmail.com. On Twitter, we're at bearsbeyondgate. And on Facebook, you can like and follow our Bears Beyond the Gate page. Um, Okay, so the next game, Friday night, under the lights, European Challenge Cup knockout round, uh, Friday the 31st of March, Bristol versus Claremont. Um, I was just doing a little bit of research into to Claremont. They had a decent win this weekend. They won 38-10 against Breve, um, but they were at home yes. and Breve are bottom of the Pro 14. So maybe we shouldn't read too much into that. And actually Claremont are 10th in, uh, in the Pro 14, so probably having a similar kind of season to Bristol. I think so. I mean, the, the, the key thing to that is, Tony, what you've just said is they were at home. Mm. Um, their away record is atrocious. And I feel if we get the fans behind us, which surprisingly, I mean, we're still not sold out, I don't think, which is... Uh, Nowhere near, I don't yeah, think. Yeah, it's really surprising. Now, is it, do you think because it's the Easter, Easter holidays? I, I think possibly. Yeah, I think possibly it could be that. Well, uh, we've got... Ant and Deck, who aren't with us tonight, I yeah. think they're both away, aren't they? They're, for the gamers, still still yeah. skiing and snowboarding, or yeah, doing whatever, spotting or whatever, doing they're doing. whatever they're doing in the yeah. snow. Yeah. Uh, so, so possibly it is, but I just feel that if we can get the crowd behind us um, and score some early tries against Claremont, I mean, what an amazing day that's going to be. I mean, this is one of the you know the big names of French rugby, isn't it? And you know what I mean? It's 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 like, come on, they're in BS free. Let's get some bums on seats. And yeah, if 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 we'd been over there, I think that would have been a really difficult challenge. But yeah. y- let's face it, uh, French teams travelling is a bit like I don't know, taking a banana in a rucksack. It ain't going to travel well, is it? When you- yeah, it, it's it's not good, is it? It's uh, especially when the sun's beating down on that rucksack and uh, yeah, and and it's, it's, it starts going all brown and. Gooey, couldn't it? <laughs> so let's hope they have a gooey performance at, at BS3, mate, and yeah. roll on into the into the what would be semis, uh, quarterfinals, 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 quarterfinals yeah. which I think then is either Scarlets yeah. or Breve. Now you you've got a fancy Scarlets to um, to win that one, and if they do, uh, well, regardless of the result. Our fixture is the away team in the in the quarterfinals. So yeah. if the Bears do get through, it will be away at Scarlet or Breathe the following weekend. But in my eyes, both winnable games. And then yeah. and then we are into the semis and then we've got Yeah, got challenge. a shot. We've got a challenge cup. Got a shot at the title again. Yes. Yeah. Um your thoughts then on team selection, Lee? And I know you know it's always difficult knowing the the extent of injuries, but uh, based on what what we do know, how many changes do you think we'll see from that uh, that team that squared up against Leicester? Uh, but I don't know what the the injuries uh, to uh, or the injury to Joycey was. Uh, I mean, I, you got to think that's a precautionary twinge or something. Yeah, I mean, you wouldn't do anything major in a warm up, would you? So. I think Joycey possibly could come back in, yeah. which then means Bradbury goes back to eight. Yeah. Um, um, and then Fitzhardin obviously s- slips in it, it maybe seven, or yeah. Dan Thomas possibly after that game. Do you drop him? I don't know, but mm. I think Pat will go with with his tried and tested, yeah. um, which means Thomas will be on the bench. 
the front row, I think we keep the same. Uh, if so, the Heaths. So you're not going to start Sinclair and Genge against no. Claremont? And, and do you know what? I, I know Pat Will. Oh, that's a big call. I know Pat Will start with, with Genge and Sinclair. I know he will. But I just feel that those three, are, they've played so well. And I think they could still handle the front row at Claremont. I, I just, you know what I mean? I think Big Yan, Fax, Max Laheef, and... You know, if you've got someone like Genge or Sinclair on the replacements bench and we're already winning the game, you know what I mean? I just feel... But you're right. He'll start with with Genge and Sinclair, I'm sure. Yeah, but Big Yad and uh, Max on the bench, you certainly know when it comes to 60 minutes or so and when the changes are going to be made, we, we've got every confidence in their ability to not only... Yeah physical you know front up yeah but also the scrum is going to be solid yeah that's true and you know we've we've missed that for a long time haven't we Mm. you know now one of the things I heard Pat and his after game talk I think he said Ed Holmes is out for the season and then then he said something about Joe Batley but I didn't know whether he was saying Joe Batley's out for the season as well or that Joe Batley's out because I'm hoping Joe Batley isn't out for the season because all of a sudden, if you know, if we've lost Holmes, Batley, and for some reason Joycey can't play, then it's starting to look a bit threadbare. Threadbare in yeah. that second row. But then, having said that, and we've still got Hawkins, haven't we? we John have. Hawkins is fit. Yeah. Um, and obviously, Pat's used him, you know, on, on the rare occasion. Mm. And also, we've got this absolute beast who joined us, what, a year ago now, maybe, mm. uh, Morgan Eames. And he's not getting he's, anywhere near the first thing though, is he? I know, and I just and you just think like I know you wouldn't stick him in against Claremont, but mm. I'm, you know, it begs the question, like, where is he? Because well, like it, it feels like we have so many players that just, you know, we sign and it takes mm. so long to to get them up to speed. I'm not quite sure what's going on there, but yeah. <clears throat> I, I I didn't um listen to Pat Lamb's um after match mm. uh uh, comments, so I'm, I'm not sure about that, but yeah. hopefully Batley would be fine. And how did Ed Holmes get injured for the season? Because no, he's know. not been playing any rugby. No, so let's hope Joycey, uh, Joycey is fit for that one. And again, yeah, I think you need that, that that bit of, you know, what Joycey and Batley brings is that that energy as well yeah. to, to, the, to the pack. Um, and then... Yeah. Siva S- again I'm not quite sure what the situation is with him mm. but you would hope if he is fit he, he's the one that would slot back in and then you can't really see any other changes to that uh, to to the backs no no I, I mean I think that's pretty much our team now I started in 15 yeah um, just seems a bit of a shame as well like you're talking about players Purdy again not in, not in Pat's plans mm. it just feels like maybe you know, we're going to, you know, potentially lose another good player there. And mm. he's just been completely honest, hasn't he? And completely open and, and kind of given us everything. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. Just I, feels like this game could have been lined up for a, if Siva's not fit, lined up for a Purdy, just steaming forward and... Piston Purdy. Battering the French down, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I think it's one of those things that... If if you you only get a rare chance, often you I think regardless of the whatever team sport it is, 
there's that little bit of nerves that you've got to prove yourself. Yeah. Where, you know, I think when you do play regularly, you've just got that bit more confidence, uh, which leads to a bit more flair and a bit more risk-taking maybe. Because the key to that is just look at the England cricket team. Hmm. Ben Stokes, first thing he did when he came into the cricket team was uh, as captain was... He's just said to these players who were you know, possibly like potential, like worried about their places, you know, just keep playing. Play the way I want you to play, mm. you know, your natural game. And, you know, it's just giving people that confidence that you're going to get a run of games no matter mm. what, even if you if you flunk a few. Yeah. But you're going to get that run. And obviously, we, we know competition for places are, are huge at Bears. We know that. Mm. But sometimes it just feels like we were just talking about McGinty earlier. Mm. Give him a run of games, Absolutely. and you'll you'll get the player out of that. Jimmy Williams. Jimmy Williams. Yeah. You know, unheard of, and then comes into the side. Yeah. And he's been absolutely brilliant. We haven't spoken about Piers O'Connor for ages. Yeah. You know what I mean? And it's it's testament to to players like Williams that have stepped in and and done the job. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. So. Um... You know, it's just the two of us. Won't go for a score prediction, but just what you think the result will be. Against Claremont, we Against win. Claremont. Yeah. We win. I think we win by 40, 14 points. Oh, 14 yeah. points. Yeah. I'm that confident. Yeah. No, I, I, I can see us uh, scoring a few tries. And yeah, I, th- I think it will be, yeah, at least seven or eight points clear, um, if, if not more. So... Uh, Let's hope so, because um, then I think the the following week would be the quarterfinals. So it's right. the week of the, whatever it is, the 6th, 7th, 8th, um, would be that uh, away quarterfinal. And again, this is the frustrating thing, isn't it? That um, if we hadn't been docked those five points, we would have topped our pool. Yeah. And it would have been a home quarterfinal yeah. and a home semifinal. Yeah. We now know that if we're going to progress to the final... It's going to be away from home for the quarterfinal and away from home in the semi-final. Yeah, it's again, it's we're talking about individual errors, aren't we? Mm. And you know, individual errors off the pitch in this instance. But you know, it is what it is. Now, it, mm. you know, these it, the the points have been docked. We've got to live with it. And you know, if we want to win a trophy, ultimately. We have to do it, you know, with a little bit of uh, adversity against a little bit of adversity, don't we? No, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and one thing I did notice on the website, if anybody uh, still fancies getting one of the European shirts, I see it's 25% off uh, at the moment for the European shirts up until the thirtieth of Mo- 31st of March. So that's game day. So uh, I'm not sure whether that's uh, a sign of confidence that the club thinks that uh, we'll progress and wants to get everyone in the shirts or whether it's a little bit worrying that the European campaign might be over (laughs) come uh, midnight or Friday. We should say as well that we're not going to talk about the what our opinions are the reward scheme the we, new reward scheme yet are we we're gonna we're gonna save that for maybe the next podcast yes yeah. because we have some strong thoughts but we wanted and let's face it miles you know he's he, he's tighter than a <laughs> shark's whatever 50 fathoms shark's fin uh, and uh, I'm sure he'll want to talk about the value for money of uh, of, of the reward scheme. And yeah. there's been a lot of chat about that on uh, on uh, social media over the last couple of weeks. But we are going to save that yeah. one to to for the next podcast. 
Um, well, that's nearly it for this week. I do see that uh, for that last game of the season that uh, they've opened up the Atio, and that's, that surprises me a little bit that they've gone so early with, uh, with yeah. opening the Atio. Yeah, I mean, you know, hopefully that's a sign of you know confidence in selling tickets. Mm. Um, I mean, I mean, there's nothing better than seeing you know Ashton Gate fall to the brim and that that kind of. Uh, the noise that you get from the Atio as well, good mm. acoustics in that that little stand there. And, you know, I used to, to, you know, sit there and watch City play. So, you know, it'd be fantastic. Let's hope we, we actually can fill the Atio up and yeah. let's hope there's something on it at the end of the season. Yeah, yeah. And I think uh, I, I, I can well see that both us and Gloucester are going to need something there to maybe... It won't be playoffs now, but to to maybe get the Champions Cup uh, places. So uh, yeah, you know, see some of our friends from uh, King's Home, Dickie Ball, and yeah. uh, a few others. Maybe uh, big, big Andy might pop name. Big Andy venture down uh, to to BS three, um, and the only other thing I just wanted to to mention, Lee, was um, with Bristol City doing their season ticket renewals. What was that? Mm. A couple of weeks ago. Yeah. We must surely be on the cusp of uh, of the Bears announcing their uh, season tickets for next season. Be interesting to see one. I think what they do with um, you know the prices of games because uh, obviously you know compared to where we were last year with a thirteen team league, it's only going to be eleven. So it's yeah. a couple of home games that have gone down the leg side. Don't quite know what the European fixtures will will be like, uh, and how many of those that that might be included. Um, but do you think you know? There's been a few names mentioned about possible signings. If you were in the marketing team at Ashton Gate, would you uh, maybe slip out a big name signing before you uh, send out the emails for the season ticket renewals? Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately that's. That tends to be what happens, doesn't it? Um, it? It's funny because we are late on the on the uptake here because I think Bath they were they um, announced their season ticket prices last last week. I think yeah, I think quite a few clubs have already done it. Yeah. Now we've talked about Bristol Sport. Let's face it, with their ticketing systems and their their general organisation, you think it would be absolute chaos if they tried to do City and the Bears at the same time. Yeah. So you which, can understand why they did City first. Yeah, um, completely understandable. I mean, the thing that does worry me slightly is obviously it. it it, with City, especially, it's obviously it's become digital now, which uh, I, I'm not sure I agree with because obviously we've got. What do you mean by that? Well, with the season cards now, it's, it's they're all yeah, yeah. digitised, aren't they? Which you know, I don't. I, I kind of. I think we've, we've got to be very careful that we don't alienate a lot of the older mm. supporters that turn up for Bears. Mm. Um, so as long as there's a system where everyone can can. Get their season cards renewed yeah, efficiently and effectively. Yeah, yeah. You know, because yeah. um, we, t- we we just tend to kind of uh, think that everyone's like on the same wavelength, and obviously we, you know, mm. not everyone is. Yeah, I mean, so, like Miles. I mean, like if, Miles. If, if, yeah. if, if his butler didn't do it for him, he wouldn't have it's, a clue. Would he? He'd be buggy. He'd probably yeah. have a season ticket. At, yeah, dare I say up the A4 wouldn't he uh-huh. yeah probably with his tweed <laughs> and his because uh... he, he fits the, the, the personality uh, oh, he does. characteristics doesn't he absolutely but yeah and I think it probably it, it we will get announcements maybe in the next week or so I reckon yeah. um, I, I'm not sure if we're going to have a new sign in 
to go along with that. I think we might potentially have a an existing player re-signing, yeah. which almost might kind of, you know, be that's my personal look at things. I don't know. What what do you think? Are we do you think we're gonna sign someone in and announce it the day before the season tickets? Well, you don't know. We've heard a, a few rumours of, of people and uh, the re-signing. I, I hope that's a certain uh, forward that scores a lot of tries first for, for Bristol. <laughs> Makes us a lot of money. Um, I don't know. I mean, you know, from a marketing point of view, you want to get a bit of excitement. We've had the big wins at home. Uh, hopefully we can do Claremont, get through to a quarter final. Feels like a good time then to yeah, uh, put, put the tickets, uh, season ticket sales out. Um, so, uh, yeah, very interesting to see what they do with the prices. Clearly, it's a very difficult time. We all of us are seeing mortgages, electricity, gas, council Price, yeah. tax, telephones. It's all rocketing up. So I think they've got a little bit, be a little bit careful after the last couple of seasons yeah. that they don't they don't push it too hard on the um, uh, on the price increases because you know at the end of the day we want to see Ashton Gate as full as possible to support the Bears Yeah. so um, you know it's better to get the likes of us in there chomping on past these and spilling a few pints of fortitude than uh, people sitting at home deciding that actually 4.99 for PRTV is a a better investment well let's let's hope that you know the the guys behind the scenes there actually get their heads together and and do exactly that and let's get some you know get some season cards out at reasonable prices and get bums on seats because at the end of the day that is what the whole thing is all about isn't it absolutely absolutely well that's it for this show if you like what you've heard please subscribe and leave a review or rating for us on your favourite podcast platform we'll be back next week with our uh, review of the Claremont game until then goodbye stay lucky and come on Briz we